welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Richard Dotson. And he is my co-host, Matthew O'Hara. Hey, man. What's going on? I was going to geek out on some Dynasty Fantasy football. Love it. Uh, me too. The NFL draft is behind it. It's kind of weird because it feels like it was so long ago already. It was just Thursday. It was only Thursday. And yeah, Friday. It was not that. And, and Saturday. Saturday. Don't forget Saturday. Oh, my. Everyone always forgets Saturday. Everybody always forgets Saturday. Because it's, it's kind of like, you know, all these guys. But, you know, there's a lot of implications when it comes to running backs. NFL mm. teams, not so much. Running backs, a little bit. Some guys go really late, like Mr. Irrelevant, not irrelevant to us, not Mr. Trey Quinn. Not irrelevant at all, Trey yeah. Quinn. Some shockers, guys like Simi Cobb don't even go drafted. I mean, shocking, but is it? Is it really? Is it? We were kind of down on him. We were kind of like, can this guy actually function? Who and uh, there were some shocks in the draft. Some people landed in some good positions. Some people landed in some not good positions. Like the back of a Volkswagen. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, um so we're gonna break those all down today. Yeah. Well not all today. We're gonna get we're just gonna you know, we're gonna go on through the rounds and we're gonna see how far we get. Most likely if I had a guess, we're probably gonna get to the first two rounds today because that second round was hot. We'll see. Hot. Drop it. Um, drop it like it's hot. What was before we get into it, just before the draft, a little quick synopsis of it all, because we're going to break it down. We're going to go through every single pick, not of the draft, but just of the skill position players that are going to affect your Dynasty Fantasy football team. We're going to give you our analysis on it, like a little short little analysis. After we break down all these players, we're going to go back, and then we're going to finally going to rank them all. Uh, and we're going to go from there, because we're going to do essentially how we're going to rank it, is we're going to do kind of like a little mock draft action. I take a guy, Matt takes a guy. I take a guy, Matt takes a guy. So, so 50% of it will be right anyway. Yeah, my half. Right. Uh, sure. We'll see. So, who do you think was the like? What was the biggest surprise to you? Land like pleasant surprise. What was the biggest pleasant surprise to you? Landing spot wise. Landing spot wise. I mean, we just going over the whole draft. The whole draft. This, like, this, if you could just think of one guy off the top, like what jumps off the top of it, top of your head? I, I really liked where Calvin Ridley ended up. I think that's a good spot for him. He'll get a chance to um, kind of be mentored by another. Alabama alum there and and, and kind of come along, you know, work his game into form, so to speak. And then, you know, he may be able to take over right as Julio Jones is kind of on the downside of his career or fading out, kind of like a la Roddy White um, when, when Julio Jones took over for him. Good analysis. Like that pick when he, when he was selected, you and I both sat there and we said this is a fantastic landing spot for him. We'll mm -hmm. break that down here in the first round shortly. Mine was another first rounder was Rashad Penny. Yeah. Uh, being a second back off the board. The fact that they got a call during the draft asking if they would trade him during the draft, and they said no. Uh, again, going to a situation where he could be, there's no really competition there. You know, Chris Carson value is like the Titanic. It's sunk. It's gone. Okay. Yep. Uh, so he's, he's going to have an opportunity. They said they view him as a three down back. So that to me, that's a really nice spot for him. Gives him a huge bump. Um, I would actually jump Rashad Penny now ahead of Darius Geis in my dynasty rankings. I'll explain why as we get to him. Let's start off the gate. So let's start, let's start off with the first pick in the NFL draft. I was extremely, extremely excited about this when the Browns took Baker Mayfield. As you guys have all listened, this was my one quarterback that I said that cannot be – he's a can't miss. He's going to be good no matter what. This guy is locked in. He's a stud. Loved him. Loved his tape. Loved everything about him. Now it's coming out after the draft. We're actually finding out, you know, Josh Allen was actually the fifth quarterback on the Browns board. And most – you know, besides I think Arizona and Buffalo, he that's the only board he was number one on. Baker Mayfield was the number one quarterback on about 85% of these NFL teams' boards. That show you, shows you how good he was. Report came out today that the New England Patriots, if he was available at number two, were going to try it up, try and trade up for Baker Mayfield if they could. And I'm sure a lot of teams were. That's why he was so cocky. He knew he was going high. He can't miss. Now, from a regular draft standpoint, Matt, we're looking at probably mid to late second round selection. Correct? Yeah, for Baker Mayfield, a non, non super flex. Yeah. Super flex, which is going to be more important here. We're talking about Baker Mayfield going as high as 1 2, right after Saquon Barkley. And I think we've seen that, right? In, we have. We've in, seen that in, in our super flex league. Yep. He went 1 2. 
totally on board with it. We mentioned before. I think a couple weeks ago we said, hey, probably in the Superflex League. Three, four. Three, four. But now they ends up in Cleveland with the amount of weapons they're going to be able to put around him, drafting a young running back in Nick Chubb. Maybe they could uh, re-sign a guy like Duke Johnson, having Jarvis Landry locked in for five years, getting a guy that we liked a lot besides his marijuana issues, Antonio Callaway, and if they could lock up Josh Gordon with Njoku there, he's in a great position to succeed not only early, but for long-term as well. As DLF Ryan McDowell tweeted out, the Browns have seven players in the top 100 ADP. Seven players. That's yeah, the most. That's pretty decent. So you want the guy who's going to orchestrate that, and that's going to be Baker Mayfield. Cannot recommend him high enough in your Superflex League. Totally, totally on board with taking him at two. Because to me, it's Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, that's my tier. Gotcha. And Baker Mayfield, for me, is locked in at number one. Yeah. You? Um, For, for quarterbacks, he, he was my number one beforehand, and – you know him getting picked number one overall to the Browns hasn't wavered me at all off that. So he's still number one on my board. I mean, all the all the same reasons you just said. Um, just his the future looks bright there, um, and, and he's the most accurate guy in the draft, in my opinion, and, and the biggest playmaker basically. So he, yeah, definitely number one for me. And he's pretty much one of my favorite players in the NFL already. Now that he's a Brown, I love him. Right. I mean, you know, in a straight way, I love him <laughs> very much. So. Uh, he's younger. He may be immature, but he's my guy. That's my quarterback. That's Damn my it. Quarterback. So, uh, yeah, big fan of Baker. So let's move on to the number two pick here. All right. Uh, not a shocker. Kind of odd. You know, when you have a 37 year old quarterback that you don't take a quarterback in a good quarterback class, but Hey, they're here to win now. So they take Saquon Barkley. Now we've said all along Saquon Barkley is a fantastic talent. He goes to an extremely good situation with them signing the left tackle in Nate Solder and then in, with their second pick in the second round drafting a great guard in Will Hernandez out of UTEP. He's in a really good situation there just on the old line being improved as well. Then you go with Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, and you have Evan Ingram. That's really good weapons to keep the, you know, the defense true. It's getting dangerous right there, man. So I will say this. I actually made a trade over the weekend. I actually traded out of I actually trade away Swan Barkley. I trade away 1-1. Wow. Uh, felt really good about it, though, too. And I still feel really good about it because I got 1-2, which I'll take Sony Michelle with, which I did take Sony Michelle with, actually. Uh, he's still my number two overall running back, guys. And I got Christian McCaffrey. So I gave I got 2-1. I got Christian McCaffrey. I got 1-2. And I think I got something else, like, you know, nothing. Flipping of some other of picks some or other something. Picks. Right, and I yeah. gave up my first – oh, I got a 2019 second, and I gave up 1-1 one, one in my first next year. I love it. To me, Christian McCaffrey is locked in as a top eight dynasty running back right. now that they didn't draft a running back. You just right? du- Yeah, you just doubled down there, and, and, you, and you got two, two running backs basically for the price of one. For the price of one. Yeah. And listen – where Christian McCaffrey, his value, the reason why I'm talking about Christian McCaffrey in that trade is because, you know, we all know Christian McCaffrey is all his value came in the passing game. Now, he will get a boost this year with Jonathan Stewart, and let's say he takes about 50% of those carries. Well, he's still going to get the receptions he had last year, or at least close to it. That puts him as an elite running back one. We're talking about top six fantasy running backs in Christian McCaffrey. And for me, Saquon Barkley, when a lot of people – criticize his oh he only has x amount of 100 yard games he had x amount of this you know that that's fine a lot of teams were able to focus on him i heard a good stat today where Ladanian tomlinson only caught i think it was like 36 footballs in college and then he came out in the pros and he was dynamite you know dynamite and as i was here i think it was nathan zagura i was listening to talk about this and how some people are so quick to put on the running back oh he caught this amount of balls in football you know in college where they come to the pros and like he's not going to catch footballs. I mean, the tape should tell us who's going to be able to catch footballs and who's right. Not. You have to you have to look at the tape and see watch him catch balls to see if he can catch balls because some offenses in college just don't use a running back like that. I yes, mean, it's it's, like it's LSU, well documented. LSU. Like LSU, right? Yeah, exactly. So for me, Saquon Barkley, I think his bread and butter, where his greatest value is going to be in fantasy football, will be catching the football. That's what he does very well. So that's where he's going to be. That That's why I was giving that LaDainian Tomlinson cop. Right. No, and he actually um, – I was listening to an interview of the the Penn State coach right before the draft, and he actually had Saquon, instead of running um, wide receiver routes or, or, like, you know, any sort of receiver routes with the running backs, he actually had him practice all off season before his before this last year with the actual wide receivers. So he was getting wide receiver – 
he was getting trained by a wide receiver coach basically and ran them with the with the wide receivers and that i mean that that's going to go a really long way in his development as a wide receiver in the pro game and and really just makes him more multiple because you're able to basically split him out i mean if he can run rounds like a receiver i mean that's that's like Le'Veon bell type of stuff because i mean Le'Veon bell there's a there's the wide receiver coach from the steelers he's he's like well Le'Veon bell's our second best wide receiver like that's straight out of that guy's mouth that's what he says. Le'Veon yeah. Bell's our second best wide receiver on our team at running routes. So, I mean, and if Saquon can approach that, I mean, you're looking at huge numbers fantasy wise. Huge numbers fantasy wise. He easily going to be one of these guys that ends up being QB1 within the next two years, not out of reach here. So he's locked in. He's gone 1 1. Any format you go, you take him 1 1. The spot is good. Uh, the only concern you would have there is possibly if somehow Odell left and then Eli retired and they could just stack the box for him because then he's somebody that could be possibly you know maintained in the backfield but then all his butter would come out of the receiving game, yeah swing which swing again passes and, in ppr and leagues offs and that's tremendous passes. you have we talk about all the time those ppr running backs guys like you know guys like darren uh danny woodhead are right. running back ones you know guys like duke johnson finishes a running back one strictly on the receiving game christian mccaffrey strictly a receiving running back finishes as a running back one i'll take that all day long so I think that's his strength, and that's where you're going to really overly love Saquon Barkley because every single game he's going to come away with 10 points just in the receiving game. Every single game. Yep. And that's why this guy is locked in at 1-1 stud. But like I said, obtainable. That's why I was – when I had 1-1, I had a 1-1 in two leagues. One, I haven't had a chance to shop him yet because that league doesn't even get – it's not overly active in the offseason, the right. one that you and I are in. Yep. And I had him in this league where I did trade him. I was absolutely shopping him because to me, I felt like as a dynasty owner, it'd be silly not to. It'd be silly just to say, oh, I'm getting the next great running back. One, we don't know. Nothing's for sure, no matter what. And two is the hype was so large that I felt like somebody's going to probably want to overpay here. And I would say the trade I got wasn't actually an overpay. I thought it was pretty fair, honestly, him getting that first next year as well. And it took, but it took a guy like Christian McCaffrey. So he had to give up a proven commodity, right? Absolutely, take that game a young there. proven commodity. Yeah, and he doesn't know he doesn't know where that first is going to be next year. And it could be I could be moving up in the second. You know, I could just be moving back in the first, possibly. So if you have that one one, it does not hurt to shock the the shop that pick to see if you can get a two for one special. What if you can come away with Christian McCaffrey and then Rashad Penny or Sony Michelle or Darius Geis or Nick Chubb? Or any guy you like. Or you can come away. You're in a super flex league. You can come away with Baker Mayfield and a running back. And you double up on that. Doesn't hurt. Yeah, it can't hurt to try, man. Just Absolutely. So let's move on here. With the third pick in the draft, it went Sam Darnold to the New York Jets. Now, Sam Darnold, he's, he's the second youngest running back taken, I think, over the last 20 years. Real young guy. Real smart guy. Right. Quarterback yeah, taken. Right. So he goes to a situation that's not overly fantastic. Good, good mentor in Josh McCown. But then that's it. I mean, dude, your running back is Isaiah Correll and Bilal Powell. Your receivers are Robbie Anderson, who's out there doing all kinds of crazy. This nonsense. is this is one of my least favorite landing spots. I mean, l- enough that it actually moved him down my board quite a bit, actually. Yeah, he's somebody where, I mean, I was not. It's a but. Here's the thing with quarterback: it's a long term play, and I like Sam Darnold a lot, and I think he will be good. I think he's going to be really good. Honestly, I know do you? you I'm, I you wasn't. A big I wasn't so. I wasn't sold to begin with, and then then him landing on the Jets bumped him down to the to the point where I got Rosen ahead of him. But why would you put Rosen ahead of him though? Explain that to me because I mean the Arizona line's no good and they have Larry Fitz and that's it. Here's 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 the deal. They got Larry Fitz but they 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 have a brand new coaching staff there, right? And they just picked Rosen. Whereas in the Jets those guys are going to be on their way out. Give me a break, man. It's going to be a whole new coaching staff. It doesn't matter. The, the Woodies, the owner's not letting anything. They trade up a lot. Sam's there for the long run. It doesn't. And I'm not saying Sam's going to be gone, but you know what happens to these quarterbacks, man. When they go through, they learn one system, and then they get a whole new head coach, then they learn another system, and then they it's just like built-in failure to me. And 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 that's what I see in this guy's future because I honestly don't think he's I don't think he's an overcomer anyway. Look what he does every time he's in a big game. He just craps himself, man. Throws interception. He's, he's only been playing quarterback for so long. I'm not going to be down on him because of that. I like his intangibles a lot. I'm, I'm, I, I, me and you differ on Sam Darnold. I, I was. You didn't really, like him pre-draft. I, I, know. I didn't like him pre-draft, and I, I'm really, really glad the Browns decided not to draft him, and because that's my team, and I didn't, I didn't want per se. I didn't really want him. 
So um, the landing spot couldn't have been worse for me. Okay. Going to the I mean, Jets. they could have shot. I mean, Robbie Anderson did have a fantastic year last year. Finished as a wide receiver, too. Quincy Inouye was a, temp, a, a technical sleeper going into that. And then you have Jermaine Curse, who was a nice, nice sneaky wide receiver three last year as well. So the receiving court. But just listen to those. Yes. Listen to those guys. Well, compared to Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, Corey Coleman, and David Njoku, right. it's uh, pretty different. Yeah. It's very different, man. I mean, Robbie Anderson can't stop getting arrested. But for the most part, And he's I mean, the best wide receiver there. But for the most part, by the time Sam Darnold gets going, let's say three years from now, we'd be lucky if any of those guys are on the roster. They should be able to sign a receiver, maybe possibly number one, and then also draft a guy. Listen, Jets are going to have a high pick next year. Not to say they can't come away with a good wide receiver next year, too. So, for long-term play here, I still have Sam Darnold when it comes to a super flex league. I'm looking at taking him right around, I think, I'd be – with him, Rosen, and Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen, I would be more comfortable grabbing one of those running backs instead and then just trying to trade up into the first round and grab one of those quarterbacks if I really wanted one. Personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I personally, at this point, would rather have Lamar Jackson. Than him, I think. Oh, I like I like Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Talked, I already talked about this in my rant. So let's move on, shall we? Let's do. Um, it. Now the next player taken offensively was the Buffalo Bills. They trade up. They took Josh Allen, who is no, supposedly the number one quarterback on their team. Uh, again, we're going to sit here and Josh Allen. You're, you're you take him. You cross your fingers, you cross your toes, you squeeze your nipples, and you just hope for the best. <laughs> right? You just it's all it's all, it's all you can do. Yeah. I mean, you got to feel good about it, so you got to get a little squeeze. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and you know what? I, as far as the Bills, I think Josh Allen was probably the best pick for them. Don't you think? Just because I think he makes sense with the weather there. I think he makes sense that like he can kind of sit behind AJ McCarron a little bit and, and now, hopefully learn a little bit. If, 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 if here's the thing, Josh McCallum's probably going to start way too soon, right? I'm still way concerned about these accuracy issues. He's going to a team with – they just lost their center, their left guard, and their left tackle. They didn't do they, much to address it either. They, they didn't do much to address it. No. Uh, Charles Clay's their tight end. We all know in the dynasty world he does not knock our socks off. He doesn't even knock our hat off in a windy day. Uh, Zay Jones is out here doing karate kicks on, the, on, on God knows what in his system with a bloody foot. Kelvin Benjamin – we're just going to happy if he could show up with a Weight Watchers under his hand and then he just comes in under, what, 250 is we're going to help? The dudes. That's I'd, be, I'd be happy if he came in under 270. Yeah, so we just hope he doesn't come in looking like a rubber ducky. So the whole, te- the whole situation there, just like the Jets situation, kind of has me like, oh. Like, I would honestly rather have Lamar Jackson than Josh Allen in the Superflex. He's the quarterback I'm taking over Josh Allen. Now, listen, Josh Allen's got a good high ceiling. I think I think Josh Allen's got a high ceiling, yeah. and he's a good spot. But listen, if we're going to talk ceilings, I'm just going to take the I'm taking the you know Mike Vig 2.0 personally. So for me, when it comes to dynasty now, I would take Lamar Jackson. I think I said this before when we were doing our quarterbacks. I would take Lamar Jackson over Josh Allen. I'm not there, but I would take Lamar Jackson over Sam Darnold. So we'll put that we'll put that put that in your pipe and smoke it. I will I'll smoke it. I'm not afraid. As long as, it's, as long as it's not any kind of hardcore drug, I'm on. I'm in. Sign me up. Uh, where would you – Would you, is it safe to say that we'd have all five of these quarterbacks in the first round of a super flex draft? Uh, I, I, I would think so, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think that's where the value lies in, in these drafts. Um, just like, you know, you think of running backs in the past, or you know, if a bunch of running backs went in the first round – They'd all be going in the first round of of your rookie draft, so you have to kind of think of it almost like that. Yeah, I think it's fair too. At the end of the show, we should probably do something where we kind of give our top ten, twelve off the top of our heads for right now today. Uh, all right, people know. Sure, whatever. I'm you sure need. people are tuning in. Like, oh, where do they have these guys ranked now? That's probably fair. I'm just thinking about that off the top of my head. All right. So it's 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 not prepared. We're not, stick not prepared. stick around for the whole uh, show, and maybe you'll yeah. get a little nugget at the end. We'll hey, see. Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Kind of nugs. Um, golden. Oh, I thought you were talking about chicken. <laughs> All right, moving down the list here. We're on to Josh Rosen here for the Arizona Cardinals. They made a little move. They get up. They get their guy, Josh, there. Um, you know, he's got Larry Fitz. Yeah. David Johnson. David Johnson, Larry Fitz. Jones. So you like him as your number two overall Superflex quarterback? 
I do actually. Yeah. I mean, after, after the moves and I just like the stability. I like the player though too, man. I mean, yes, he rubs people the wrong way, but I I, give a rat's ass about that. Me neither. He's a, he's a good quarterback. And I mean, I think, I think Fitz, I mean, don't forget that, you know, later on in this draft, we'll talk about him later, but uh, Christian Kirk went there as well. Um, so it's not like he's he's there by himself. I think they, I think they have a pretty decent supporting cast. Yeah, I will say that was a good landing spot for Christian Kirk. Yeah, um, I wasn't for a guy who's like for somebody that's not overly like in love with Christian Kirk overall his tape. I really like the landing spot a lot. Definitely learning under a guy like Larry Fitz there to come in and play the slot. But for Josh Rosen, yeah, I think he's going to play. You know, obviously Sam Darnold's uh, Sam Bradford's a starting quarterback, so Josh Rosen should be in there by the fourth quarter of week one. <laughs> I was I was going to say preseason. What week, <laughs> dude? That dude, that dude hurts himself wiping his butt. Like really, you know, just anything. It's just I, I feel like anything on the field. Like he just, he, like he might be allergic to grass. My hemorrhoids. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can't play. Bumpy road. <laughs> you mean you mean uh, ice cream? No, no, <laughs> no. I just hurt myself wiping my butt again. <laughs> <laughs> again, Sam. <laughs> I bought that. I draw. I, I bought the quadruple ply <laughs> toilet paper for just these circumstances. I know, babe. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Gross. Um. So yeah, Josh Rosen. I mean, so super. I mean, there's not a lot to go in here. His offensive line's not that great, but he's in, still in a good, good spot overall with um, a new coaching staff there, and the talent is there. Again, long term questions: Will he play? Can he stay healthy uh, with the concussions? All that. Will he be able to last? But overall, talent wise, I if you took him two, I have no problem with that. You took Sam Darnold two. I have no problem with that. To me, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, I don't really care. I would go Sam Darnold hands down. Right, and I would, but if you, I, I'm the other way. And if you took Josh way. Rosen, I'm not opposed to that. Right. All right, let's move it down a little bit. Let's get down to the good stuff. Now, the first receiver off the board was DJ Moore out of Maryland to the Carolina Panthers, and this is somebody that the, you know the, 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 the hype train was rolling with yeah. DJ oh, Moore yeah. there at the last couple of weeks. And this is a guy that we liked a lot. We loved his tape. Coming in, six foot, 200 pounds, going to go to Carolina, offset Devin Funchess, who is nothing like DJ Moore at all. And with the injury of Curtis Samuel, then this is a much needed position for the Carolina Panthers. No, I, I, it means, I mean, unfortunately, I, I do think it means bad things for Curtis Samuel that they, that they went up and got this guy in the first round because. I think they fill a similar role, and with Christian McCaffrey there as well, it's like, what the heck is Curtis Samuel's? And that was that was the, the biggest, my biggest concern with him last year, Samuel's. That is, so. Um, well, the, the injury is bad. I know there's like ligament damage, broken bone, uh, all kinds of things, and there's even rumors of possible nerve damage. Oh man, as so, well. So, well, that's a bummer. Uh, you know, you, you never want to see that. You know, you want to see a guy actually get a chance to show if he's any good. Yeah, I love the explosion that DJ Moore is going to bring here. That short area quickness right. for Cam to rely on. So now you got you got a guy like Christian McCaffrey who's going to get a little bit more carries behind the you know behind the lines, and you include him with a guy like DJ Moore. That's tough for some linebackers to stay on top of. It right absolutely. It, it's going to make them very very hard to defend. It's it's odd. It's a it's a very um, these past two drafts have been a very big change from their old drafting strategy of just drafting like these really gigantic wide receivers that really can't run routes but you just kind of throw the ball up to them Mm -hmm. and now they're moving on to these guys that are explosive athletes can you know very quick to it very quick twitch type of guys so um it's it's a different strategy um and you know that's kind of the way the nfl is going so i don't blame them i think dj moore is a great fit there yeah i see him and i see calvin ridley coming in and contributing right away yeah i see them both coming in playing that like cooper cup role where you can squeeze them into a wide receiver three role right away so if you need wide receiver help and it's kind of hard to rely on a rookie both these two guys that we're gonna be talking about here can come in and kind of help you right out the gate which gate which is gonna be pretty nice to have because you can't always count as a rookie so dj moore going to carolina gonna play the slot should be an immediate contributor to that carolina offense and with the running game, we don't know how that's going to play out with a guy like Christian McCaffrey out there. You know, they got Alfred Blue, whoopity do. Uh, or has Alfred Blue on that team? No, no Cameron Artis Payne. Cameron Artis Payne's on a team. Basically the same guy, different name. Cameron Blue, Cameron, <laughs> Alfred Blue's on the Texans. Yeah. I'm, I apologize. So, 
you know, they might rely, they might have to rely on those short intermediate passes more than we think. It wouldn't shock me, to say the least, if DJ Moore can come out here and be a very pleasant surprise out the gate and catch somewhere around like 75, 80 footballs as a rookie. Well, I mean, is this is this just like more of an effort to get the ball out of Cam's hand a little faster? You know what I mean? Like before, it was like these big guys that were getting downfield, and and Cam's getting killed left and right. And now they're now they're starting to get all these guys that are are line like close to the line of scrimmage type of guys: DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. That's why they probably curse Samuel. That's why, but they probably changed right. that strategy altogether. Like you said, their draft strategy is to protect Cam Newton, and yeah. he needs to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker. And this is going to put him in a situation where he can. DJ Moore upside has has a potential upside to be kind of like a Jarvis Landry type receiver where he's going to be peppered with targets. He's, he's much faster than Jarvis Landry coming out. I mean, Jarvis Landry was like a 4-7 guy, which is I'm, why he slipped in the draft. I'm talking reception-wise, target-wise. Sure. Out the I, just, I just wanted to clarify that so people didn't think, think you know, no, athletically. Yeah. Athletically, they're, they're, they're not anywhere right. near as close. He's way more explosive than yeah. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry has much better hands, I would say, because he has some of the best hands in the NFL. So it's kind of hard. Not, not, not knocking DJ Moore's hands. No, no. But that is something that's going to be really nice for him. You know, because again, DJ Moore is not a down the field. I know we saw some big plays. It was a quarterback play that we that we kind of knocked him on there. But I think his bread and butter here is going to be the slot, which I like. I like that for him. Definitely Devin Funches to offset him there. So for me, where do you see J- DJ Moore going in these drafts for you personally? Is he is he the first receiver off your board? Uh no, he's not. But I mean, he's not far behind. I wouldn't I wouldn't fight anybody that. Took that, him? that took him, okay. but you know he'll end up being probably. Like Who would third. you take ahead of him? Um, just because I like their talent more. I mean, Calvin Ridley and and um, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. You, you'd still take them both ahead of him. I, I would. Yeah. I dropped Sutton a little bit just because of situation, and I granted he's going to be in good good place here in about two years. That's the thing. You are going to have to wait a little bit on Sutton, but I, I still like him more as a as a prospect. Long term, see, I like yep. DJ Moore's spot here. I would probably still go DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley ahead of Cortland Sutton. Me personally, right. Still like Sutton State. Nothing to do with that. It's just sometimes, like you said, we don't we don't know who the quarterback's going to be in in two years, guaranteed for Denver. We don't even know what's going on there in two years. A lot of questions. I know Cam's locked in here. I know Matt Ryan's locked in here. I know that you know Calvin's going to learn from Julio Jones has Julio offset. I know that DJ Moore has Devin Funchess to offset. And the way he plays, he's always going to have a big receiver to offset him as well with the potential to maybe be the guy, kind of like a, maybe he could be that number one guy, like a Jarvis Landry that does play out of the slot. So for me, I'm totally okay with taking these guys. I'd take them right around pick five, six, seven, right in that range. I mean, that, that's where it's going to end up being. Uh, for everybody. For the receiver. Whatever the first receiver is, he's going to be five, six, or seven, somewhere right around there. Okay. Uh, so however, however you have them ranked um, – that's, I mean, obviously, I have DJ Moore probably as my third wide receiver, so he'll be, you know, closer to the eight, you know, area for me. So, complete. I have Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore neck and neck for me, right. personally. Right. Uh, and I'll explain. We'll talk about Calvin Ridley here next, or not next, after we talk about Hayden Hurst. The very next pick in the Shocker. draft. Shocker. Yeah. Uh, very next pick in the draft went to the Baltimore Ravens. They take the 25 year old tight end, former baseball player. They they've been they've been searching for the new tight end forever. I mean, at one point they had eighteen tight ends on their roster. They're like the Duggar family. Okay, <laughs> they're, just, they're everywhere. Tight end from there, you know, it's like George Foreman's kids. Well, you know, they tight can... end, tight end, tight end, ten and ten. Stop breaking your hips, tight end. Stop breaking your tips. And they invested a second round pick in a guy like Max Williams. What? Three years ago, yeah, four years ago. Well, I mean, that dude had to go get like a experimental knee surgery out in a different country, basically. Yeah, thanks for nothing, Doctor Frankenstein. Right. So here we are with Hayden Hurst. Mm-hmm. Lands in a good spot. Problem is, he's twenty five years old. Uh, Joe Flacco's doo doo butter. They drafted J- Lamar Jackson, so he's in the future there as well. We don't know what's going on. There's a good chance, people, that Jim Harbaugh might be out after this year as they just try to reset the whole program here. Uh, there's a lot of questions marks there. Tight ends take about three years. Definitely for somebody that played baseball not too long ago just to translate into the NFL and learn the whole schemes and route runners. I'm sorry. I would take Mark Andrews, to quote the tight end I took later, over Hayden Hurst. The tight end, yeah. Um, for Dynasty. I still I, I have I have Mark Andrews above him in my rankings as Me well. Me too. And it's, what a weird pick. It's, it's a very weird pick, and for them to come right back and, and get Mark Andrews in the same draft, it was very bizarre to way me. Way to hedge your bet, sir, Ozzy, on the way out. Exactly. And the dude's, like, on his way out the door. Like, that was his very last draft. And I, Ozzy's missed everybody he's taken as an offensive weapon here in the first round. Besides, I mean, I can't even remember anybody. 
it's on. it's been a rough go for the past. I don't know if the game passed Ozzy by a few years back or what, but he seems like he's been having a little bit of a rough go, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And hence why he's out. So for me, Hayden Hurst. I mean, he's a what third round pick? Would you take him in the second round? I wouldn't feel comfortable. No, I wouldn't feel comfortable taking him in the second round. No, there's just too much value there at other positions. I'm not. I I know what's going to end up happening. People are going to take him because he was like a first round draft pick. They're going to take him in the second round, and I'm going to sit back in the third round and get Mark Andrews and feel pretty good about it. Exactly. He's going to fall into those situations where sometimes, like you know, in the draft, it's always the second guy that's taken. That that, that was like my rule guy. for a while. If if two wide receivers are taken or two guys at the same position take the second one, it's like it seems like he's got less pressure on him, and, and it's they just always able, turn out to be a little bit better. He always just can go go out and perform, you know, or yeah, so, they, or they have a chip on their shoulder and they just want to prove the other person, you know, that they're better than the other person that got drafted. So, despite the fact that Double H went in the first round mm-hmm. and that he's going to a team that needs tight end help badly, they need offensive weapons help badly. Don't don't go from six to midnight in this one. No. No. No duct tape needed. No duct tape. No unicorns here to see. No, sir. They don't even exist. No. Nope. Not even real. <laughs> they don't even exist. So let's move on to the next pick, shall we? Yep. Calvin Ridley to the Atlanta Falcons. Now we're talking blood flow. No magazines or videos needed here. <laughs> I got the imagination of a 13-year-old boy. I am excited. Calvin Ridley. One of the most prestigious route runners in this draft class goes to a place where they have an established quarterback, two established running backs, a Hall of Fame receiver on the other end, Muhammad Sanu. How you do? That's good. Don't care because I'm the new number two, Calvin Ridley. Going to play inside the dome, a guy who is coming from Nick Saban's offense who is going to come in right away, I think, and contribute with his route running. Julio is going to open things up for him, and Calvin Ridley's guy is going to be eating it. Atlanta's been looking for that number two for quite some time, and they finally found it with Calvin Ridley. And maybe, just maybe, they have the potential to mold this guy into being a number one. Because with that frame and everything, too, being inside the dome, I'm okay with it. Right. No, absolutely. There's no big bustles of wind going to blow him away around here. No, I mean, I'll, uh, um, some of the guys that, that – you know, uh, Torrey Holt was never that big and, and always played in a dome. Marvin Harrison, he's very reminiscent of those. Those like probably more, probably more so Marvin Harrison size. Um, Six the, foot, hundred eighty nine pounds, and, and those guys operated fine. You know, and they were in a dome. You know, most of the year they're they're playing in inside or in the warm weather down south. So I don't have an issue at all with with his size in that environment. No, me neither. I know we're, we have a little bit of concern about him you know, with some press corners. But this guy's going to be a good NFL receiver. Taken here in the first round, it's a good investment. He's going to get on the field from day one. We mentioned earlier a guy like T.J. Moore. I think him and T.J. Moore come in right away and contribute, and you could probably lock him in as a wide receiver three with some good upsides. I think his value is going to go up after this season. Oh, He's yeah. going to be yeah, yeah. pretty coveted. Uh, you might be able to flip him for something really good down the road. Um, just on for what he does this year, people are going to get really excited. I, I don't know where his ceiling is do you think he could be a wide receiver one uh i mean if if things fell right i think he could be yeah i mean like i said i think i laid out the perfect scenario there um at the beginning of the show you know where he kind of he kind of naturally starts taking over for julio in maybe two or three years and and as Julio's, you know, on the on the downswing of his career, um, Calvin Ridley's kind of swinging up and, and kind of flip-flops who's the wide receiver one and who's the wide receiver two. Okay. Like a perfect natural progression. Yeah, I mean, Julio's – we never know what that foot there as well. So, again, Calvin, an excellent route runner who consistently got separation with his routes in college. Mm-hmm. Look for that to translate over to the NFL too. And look for him to get better as well. So, I like I like the situation a lot. I'm totally comfortable with taking him right there, smack dab middle in the first round. Yep, that's where and I again, go. I would take him. I mean, Cortland Sutton, yes, the higher upside long term. And the Denver Broncos gave him a first round grade, they said. They had a first round grade on Cortland Sutton. Uh, but we'll talk about him when we get there. So I like Calvin Ridley there a lot. Now, somewhat of a shocker, the very next pick, the first, second running back off the board, is Rashad Penny to the Seattle Seahawks. When we, when we started the show, I said this is a guy that I loved his landing spot. Now, I already liked Rashad Penny. I already moved him above Nick Chubb, my rankings, prior to the draft. Mm-hmm. I had him right I think, behind. I think we both did, actually. Yeah, I, I had him right behind Darius Geis. 
Well, guess what? I'm bumping him ahead of Darius Geis. How people are taking Darius Geis in a PPR fantasy football league ahead of Rashad Penny, ahead of Sony Michelle, how Sony Michelle is even dropping, which we're going to talk about him here very shortly too, blows my freaking mind, honestly. This is why you should only listen to the Dynasty Notes podcast, okay, <laughs> first of all. I mean, this is a guy who I had number two all along. And it's funny. It's funny the guys that, you know, I'm sitting here prior to the draft. I'm saying, hey, God, I like Rashad Penny ahead of Darius, you know, ahead of Nick Chubb, not too far behind these other guys here. I love Sonny Michelle as number two. Oh, look who goes in the first round of the NFL draft. Sonny Michelle and Rashad hmm, Penny. Weird. Oh, what do you know? So let me tell you why you should take Rashad Penny ahead of a guy like Darius Geis. Darius Geis, the Seattle Seahawks came in and said, we view Rashad Penny as a three down back. Music to my ears. Yeah. Can Rashad, I mean, block, can Rashad Penny block? No, no, not really. But that's okay because he can learn. Okay. And if he can't learn, well, that might be an issue, but at least he'll be in the field for first and second down. And honestly, honestly, dude, when we talk about that, the more I think about it, the, the blocking part of that can be a little bit more blown out of proportion because for the most part, if you're receiving back, you're not really asked to block. You're asked to go out and catch footballs. So. No, but you have to be able to block. You I mean, have to. Because you can't just send them out on every single route. There are there are times when you got to uh, stay in for protection. Give me a chippity doo da, buddy, yeah. and a chippity day. So Rashad Penny is going to be a three-down back in Seattle where they don't like to throw the football as it is. So he's going to get lots of opportunities. Oh, yeah. Not afraid to shy. He might get, guy might get 280 carries. So, look, the carries are there. Hey, the carries are going to be there for Darius Geis, you say? They sure will. But here's the problem. Guess who coming in on third down every single time for the Washington Redskins? His name is Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson. There was a quote today. I'm so glad I saw it. Jay Gruden, they were asking, they were talking about Darius Geis' blocking ability and his catching ability, how he couldn't do it. And just as Jay Gruden's quote, that's fine. We have Chris Thompson, who's going to be in, on third downs anyways. So Darius Geis is a first and second down back. We don't need him to do any of that. That is a quote from the head coach. Ah. That is enough alone <laughs> to drop Darius Geis down my board. I honestly might be able to argue, I might be willing to take Nick Chubb ahead of Darius Geis, possibly. Crazy, you may say. Well, crazy, you may say. Chubb's got the same issue, don't you think? He does with Duke Johnson there. You know what I I heard um, just this week? That bird's the word? Well, bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. Go on. Um, Did Duke Duke Johnson, like, take all of his Browns, any affiliation off of his, like, Instagram or something this week and, like, put a question mark or something weird? I don't know, stalker, did he? I don't know. Somebody at my work actually came up and told me that, and I, I didn't, I didn't have time to investigate. But that would be a very interesting because aren't they in? They're like in contract negotiations. Am I? I heard Julio did the same thing. Weird. Okay, so maybe they, maybe they just were doing that. I don't know because it was draft time. I don't, and I don't he, use Instagram, right, so I don't know. Neither do I. Um, all right. So anyway, the rumor mongering well, continues. If they that, can't, if they can't resign him. It's great news, to Nick Chubb. No, absolutely. But we're talking about Rashad Penny. And you right? know what? I actually just. Come to think, come to think of it, I just heard an interview with the GM, and they were talking about the Nick Chubb, the Nick Chubb pick, and and he mentioned by name Nick Chubb, obviously, but then he also just named Carlos Hyde. Said those guys would be great in the backfield together. And the come Brown- come like December and and all that when the when the weather gets bad. Didn't didn't mention Duke Johnson at all. That's fine. So that, Duke Johnson will get five targets per game, so it doesn't matter. But the thing here, we'll, we'll talk about Nick Chubb when he gets to him because the, right. the Browns really liked him a lot. Yes, they did a lot. So Rashad Penny. You know, he led college football with 2,248 yards, goes to the Seahawks. This is a guy, um, again, his pass protection's not great. His hands aren't tremendous, but he can catch. Uh, only had three f- fumbles and 327 carries, but this guy, he can. he's just he's a good running back. I saw him make know? some next, nice catches. I also saw him have some concentration drops as well. So he, he, had, he has something to work on there. For he sure. led the nation in forced missed tackles with 80. He's a really smooth runner, not overly explosive. But look for this guy just to have – Sometimes you could be a slightly above average put into a really good position that makes you above average running back. That's what Rashad Penny is going to be. He's going to be a low-end running back one, potentially right outside the gates, just on the amount of carries alone that he's going to get. He is locked in on a team that's going to want to run the football. I love it. I have Rashad Penny as my number three overall dynasty rookie i actually have him in the same exact place well look at us kudos to us next player off the board goes to the new england patriots oh another first round picker sony michelle 
say what? I am obviously a big fan of Sony Michelle. I love everything that this guy does. I could not get enough of his tape. Wouldn't have surprised me that he was a second back off the board, but he wasn't. And he goes to the New England Patriots out of Georgia, third all-time rusher. You know, uh, again, a lot of people want to say that they want to keep giving these Alvin Kamara comps because he called these footballs, but he didn't really catch a lot of footballs there in Georgia. He's really an in-between-the-tackles runner. That's where most of his bread and butter came from. This guy averaged 7.9 yards per carry in 2017. And, again, his patience behind the line is tremendous, tremendous. I love his cutback ability. I love this guy as a running back. And people are like, oh, he's going to New England. We know how they use running backs in New England. Okay, how many first? Okay, they took Lawrence Maroney there, but Lawrence Maroney just wasn't that good. Sony Michel is good, so they don't. They haven't invested the amount of, you know, uh, they haven't made this kind of investment, investment in, 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 the, in that position in exactly. a long time. Exactly. So yeah, of course you're going to split carries when you have guys that you're just signing on the bottom of the heap like Legarrette Blunt, Mike Gillisley. You're signing Rex Burkhead for nothing. You got James White in there. It's so like, oh, what are these guys going to do with their catching ability? Hey, you know what? You can still use James White in his catching ability. I'm fine with that. I mean, you know? I, th- I think this guy profiles a lot, uh, an awful lot like Deion Lewis, but he's bigger. Yes. Um, so, I, so I, you know, imagine what you could do with that. I mean, a guy that can get between the tackles, but he can get out in space and catch balls and, and, and really make things happen. The one thing that does slightly worry me, you know, obviously Sonny Michel didn't have the issues so much this year but he has had fumbling issues in the past and that will get you in bill belichick's doghouse in one second only two in 2017 i know i like i said i know that and he will he solved that issue this year and, and he didn't fumble a lot but if, if he does that with bill belichick's offense he will be in a doghouse for weeks and and it's something that some people don't recover from you know some, so, some people never get out of his dog not house. nervous about it whatsoever that's my one trepidation. Uh, it's not a huge trepidation. Um, where, before we keep going on, where do you have Sony Michelle in your overall rankings? Two. You sexy mother. Yeah, like I said, it's not a huge. <laughs> it's not a huge concern. Okay. Um, mild, very mild concern. Yeah. Listen, every, here's the thing, guys. Um, every year we give you a running back and a player here and there that everybody else for some reason is moving down their boards. Remember, even like. Not not as much, but Dalvin Cook. They the people want to move him down their boards because of his situation um, in his combine. Every year, there's players that people either move down their boards or they have them here, and we just say that's just not right. And I would say that we have on those players, Matt. I think we're at, we're at about probably I would honestly say about ninety percent hit rate. We have a very high su- success rate uh, when it comes to these guys over the last four years on the podcast. The truth is in the pudding. Uh, you can easily go back and listen to all our podcasts and listen to all the guys that we say, hey, last year was Cream Hunt, right? right. Saying, yeah. hey, these people are taking these guys a little bit too low. You need to take them higher. Right now, everybody's taking Sony Michelle way too low. I'm seeing him going around. I'm going to see him pick five, pick six, pick seven, seven, seven. What is this? Are we talking about sins here? That's it's a up. sin if you pass on this guy. It's straight up stealing right there, man. And look, look, hey, can Rashad Penny come in and be a better fantasy running back? For sure. Can Nick Chubb come in and potentially be a better fantasy running back? For sure. Can Darius Geis come in and be a better fantasy running back than Sony Michelle? Unlikely. So <laughs> what you want to do is take Sony Michelle. And nobody's going to take him one, two. And here's the thing, though. If you know that and people want to trade up so bad for one, two, trade back to one, four, baby. Yeah. Pick, pick up a little pick something. Pick up a something. little something and still get the guy that you're looking for. Pick up a third. Right now, DJ Shark is slipping in these drafts. You get a high third for moving down two spots in a second just to get your guy. And then worst case scenario, if you, you miss out, you're still getting Darius Geis or Rashad Penny there at four anyway. So who cares? You move back to four and you pick up a third. And boom, you're getting either a Mark Andrews. You're getting a DJ Shark. You're going to be in a good spot there in a the third. Maybe one of these quarterbacks slip to you too. You can add a little depth to your quarterback position. Sony Michelle, to me, I could easily see him being a running back one out the gates when it comes to touchdown production. New England's a team that moves the chains. They score touchdowns. Why has LeGarrette Blunt been such a sex machine when it comes to fancy points at the running back position? I think it's a, a, ton, a ton of touchdowns every year. A ton of touchdowns every single year. How come week one we're like, oh, Mike Gillisley, this guy might be Stud Muffin 2.0. Because he scored three touchdowns in one game. And that was it. That was, but the that whole, was it. He blew his load and so, he was done. Sony Michelle is going to come in and be that guy. They're going to give this guy's carry. And listen, his talent speaks on itself. This guy is a fantastic running back. Remember, this time of the year, 
Don't forget the tape we just spent all this offseason watching. We had Sony, I had Sony Michelle as my one two prior to the draft for a reason. It's because I watched his game tape and I loved what I saw, and that's where he was. I, I mean, I had him one three, but you, you know, like Geis's running style. Because I like Geis's running style, but I moved him, I moved him above Geis because of landing spot, and 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 for the same reason that you talked about with Chris Thompson being there, Geis isn't going to get a lot of a lot of catches. So in PPR leagues, I think you need to bump him down a little bit and put put Sony Michelle above. Yeah, it just dude. makes sense. To if me. we're going to sit here and talk about Derrick Henry. And these 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 touchdown dependent running backs. Right. Listen, that's where we're going to be at with uh, in Washington. We all know in Washington right now that the receiving core is not locked in to, for success. We don't know we're going to have our Josh Dotson. We don't know how he's going to go with Alex Smith, who's there long term. We don't know if Jordan Reed can keep his head from falling apart after just the first week, or his or, head, or his foot, or his foot, or his, apart. or his ankle, uh, or his. Elbow. So yeah, there's a lot of question marks there. The one thing I feel for sure certain about is Chris Thompson. If you ask me right now, right now in a redraft league, who would you rather have, Darius Geis or Chris Thompson in a PPR league? I'm going to take Chris Thompson. I will too. I think you know, week to week, he'll have a a more even even scoring. We'll put it that with way. his running style right. and the way. The way he's going to be used and already before he's taking a snap in the preseason, the coach is already saying this guy's not even coming on the field on third down. They don't even want it. They just want him to run the football. He come, he instantly becomes touchdown dependent. So you're hoping he rushes for 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns to be relevant. Like right. Be a running back I mean, there. and it's not completely out of the question. Absolutely not. He runs mean. He right. could be a Jamal Lewis kind of runner. He could be that kind of guy. Right. He could be that physical runner. He can be, yeah, but you know, it's gonna everything's gonna have to fall perfect, and I, you know, I it's it might be one of those things that's that's one one or two years off, you know what I mean? It, it, that that he's not running for thirteen hundred yards in his rookie season because he's splitting a lot of carries with with um, Chris. And I know we're not on him yet here now, but so we're kind of doing our Darius Geis take here just because of his ranking, anyways, slightly. But remember, there's a lot of running backs that got drafted ahead of Darius Geis too, mm-hmm. and he came out today and said, "Listen, guys, I'm." Tired of all these rumors, I didn't get in one single argue the team at all. There's no altercations. So he slipped for a reason. And I'm telling you, I bet he slipped not only just because of the off field issues, but you know, he's kind of seen as like a one dimensional kind of running back where he's gonna come in here, he's gonna run down first and second down, not on the third down to help our teams, but it's like I could do better. I could potentially do better. So he slipped there for a little bit. Time, time will tell, but I I mean I think I I adjusted him accordingly on on my board just just because of landing spot and and I think that's appropriate. I think you should do that. I don't think you should do that in every instance. Where do you have him? I think I have him. Uh, let me see. I have to find him on here. Hold on. Fourth, right behind Rashad Penny. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, yeah, fourth. Yep. So you would take him ahead of Nick Chubb? Yeah, because I think they're in, in similar situations, okay. and I and I I do. Um, Just double checking. I do actually like Darius guys better. You know, completely fair. Back. Completely fair too. It's just when I'm taking him. Um, I'd be somewhat cautious. The here's the thing with here's the thing with guys, right? You've had all off season of people telling you that he was one two. He is one two. Now remember, this is the dynasty community talking, not the NFL talking. Right. It ain't me talking. That he's locked in at one two. Why? Well, I mean, I I've was been, I was one of those people telling you that also. It, it makes it even worse. <laughs> For months, I've been telling you it's been Sony Michelle one two. Yes, you have. I would just take Garius Geis and be cautious. I'm telling you, if you, there's no way you should take Geis ahead of Sony Michelle. There's no way you should take him ahead of Rashad Penny. I feel very, when it comes to fantasy production, this is not a slight, again, for Darius Geis as an NFL running back. We said this before. I think we were breaking him down. I told you, I was like, hey, man, this guy's a good running back. I'm just somewhat worried about his fantasy production. If we're gonna talk about if we're gonna talk about Derrick Henry, the way we talk about Derrick Henry, we can't just all of a sudden change our outlook on certain players when it comes to a guy like Darius Geis. So Well, I mean I, I think I think Darius Geis showed more natural hands which which would have led me to leave him where I left him and he see shows where, more, he shows and, more wiggle and see where it, it, yeah both of those things so that, that's why I don't want to lump him in with Derrick Henry personally because I think he can do it I just think with Chris Thompson on the team he's just not going to get an opportunity to do it yeah I think he's I think so, he's a better overall running back than Derrick Henry so is. that that lands him in the um 
the, for now, he's going to be a two-down thumper type of guy. Who knows what he evolves into? Who knows, you know, if Chris Thompson could even stay healthy this year? Um, hopefully he does, but, um, you know, who the heck knows? Yeah, you're right. You don't know. But it doesn't necessarily mean he's the guy there for that. Let's right. move on. Let's move on to... Last pick of the first round? Yeah, last you pick. You know what? I think we're about an hour here anyways. I know we said we are probably get the first two rounds. Let's save this second round the next week. Yeah, and I think break so. It down. Yep. And maybe we'll get like another bonus episode in one of these upcoming weeks here too. But we're working on a lot of bonus episodes actually. Ooh. We might be doing here. Got a lot of big... We'll talk about that. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson first. So Boochies. Lamar Jackson goes to the Baltimore Ravens. They trade up for him. Like it. Love it. Because Joe Flacco, don't like, don't love... Uh, Obviously, there's not a lot going on in Baltimore, but they have plenty of time to build around Lamar Jackson. They got Alex uh, Collins there, nice, solid running back. Good for him. They didn't draft a running back, so it's good news for guys like Kenyon Drake. Good news for guys like Lamar Miller. Good news for Alex Collins. I, don't don't sleep on Kenneth Dixon altogether there either. I mean, I think that's somebody that they drafted a few years back hoping to get something out of. Matt, and, I'm in the middle of a startup draft right now. Please don't leak all my strategy oh, sneaky picks. Sorry. Kenneth Dixon's a great sneaky pick. Right. Check your waiver wires, folks. This guy had a lot of uh, a lot of upside. Yes, he did. He could be the PPR guy. He could definitely be the PPR guy. Uh, there. He doesn't do Irish dancing, but he's still pretty quality. Um so we mentioned Lamar Jackson on my rant, why I think he's going to be fantastic as a potential dynasty uh, all-star there. Going to go Lamar Jackson. Joe Flacco's doo-doo. He's been doo-doo since he won the Super Bowl, and that's fine because he wasn't that great before then either. But he's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, so kudos to him. But Lamar Jackson's the future. This is a guy whose completion percentage got better every single year. I think he's a solid quarterback. I think he's a fantastic athlete with tremendous running ability. And the weapons around him right now, he's going to have to run a lot. Yeah, no, I think so. And, and the thing is, you know, they, they obviously traded up for him. Um, they got right back into the last pick of the first round just so they can get that fifth-year option on him. But, you know, I don't think that was one of those moves where they, they did that hoping to, you know, to get Flacco, you know, two or three more years. I think Flacco is going to be – this is going to be Flacco's year. And then, is, he, then, he, then he's out. This is what's going to happen in Baltimore. Yeah. The Ravens are going to blow donkey balls this year. Yeah. Okay. They're going to be bad. They're going to be really bad. Right around week, somewhere to say between week 10 and 12, they're going to bench Flacco to see what they have in a rookie. Uh, maybe Flacco will pretend he's hurt. I don't know how they want to do it. But they're going to bench him to see how what they have in Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to come in. He's going to rush for 500 yards in four games. <laughs> he's going to have uh, a 60% completion percentage with less passing yards than he has rushing yards and they're going to cut Flacco and his big contract in the offseason he'll go sign somewhere uh to compete maybe Miami. Uh, who knows so he'll, right. he'll go sign somewhere and Lamar Jackson will be the quarterback for the foreseeable future will he be a fantastic star I don't know but I like the upside there I like the gamble in a super flex league he's locked in as a first round pick I already said I would take him ahead of Josh Allen already I wouldn't be mad if you took Lamar Jackson as your second overall quarterback wouldn't even be mad about it with the, with the potential fantasy production there, again, when I went back over before, if you can get that Mike Vick fantasy production, you're hitting pay dirt. Right. Pay dirt if you can get that kind of You're just getting goal. into like a totally different stratosphere of quarterbacks fantasy-wise. I mean, I mean, if you guys don't remember, I mean, Mike Vick in his career finishes early on finishes QB2, QB3, QB12, QB2, QB1 overall. I mean, this guy was... For not great quarterback with accuracy with serious accuracy issues with just a strong arm, who got it done with his feet, this is what Lamar Jackson can do. You know, he could be that guy that's getting you enough rushing yards per game to go along with those passing yards to be a nice quarterback one. You know, not not potentially one overall, but a nice quarterback one for the next six seven years. Yep, and obviously, uh, my only hang up with the guy is his his slight frame, man. And let's so let's hope you know. But I, you have Josh Rosen as your number two overall quarterback. Those guys are built totally different, man. I mean, oh, is he a dynasty uh, beefcake now too? He's a, he's ten pounds heavier. You think he could bench three hundred pounds, buddy? Huh? Uh, and it's distributed a Come little. Come at me, bro. Too. I don't know. I don't know if it's if it's these guys. Just um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater had really skinny legs. Always always worried me. He just has a slight frame, man, and and not not a great base. And, and those those are the kind of guys that that concern me a little bit because can they hold up, man? Definitely for somebody I'm saying run run for us. I mean, and look at Teddy. I mean, dude just was was just going back for a, he didn't even get hit. He was just going back on on his drop and and his knee just yeah. completely fell apart. We'll see. Time so will we'll, tell. I'm yeah, a big we'll fan. Uh, I'm a big fan of his uh, not necessarily landing spot, but again, I'm a 
fan of Lamar Jackson. I love his athleticism. He's got he, he's got huge upside, man. So I, um, I don't blame you at all there. I like his arm. Again, his accuracy improved over his last three years. He went from 2015 at 54.7%, 1656.2, and then finished his 2017 with a 60% accuracy. Um, not fantastic, but not terrible where I'm going to cry about it. But r- rushed for over 1,000 yards, rushed for almost 1,500 yards in 16 and 17. That is where the bread and butter comes into effect. Are they going to ask him to do that? I say always use a player's strengths, and that's his strength. Why wouldn't you do that? They use it like Mike Vick, and this is a different team, different time, different player. But, again, you should always utilize a player's strength, and that's what his strength is. I look for him to be a nice quality uh, dynasty quarterback when it comes to production. This is something that you can be down the road. We look at if he's the fourth or fifth quarterback off the board. When it comes to fantasy production, not Hall of Fame numbers, not anything along those lines, something that ended up being a steal. In a super flex league, I'm all about taking this guy right in the middle of the first round. Not a bad Love pick. It. Yeah, not Love a bad it. pick at all. And, you know, in normal drafts, you're looking, you know, third round, second, second, end of second, beginning of third type I think, of guy. Yep, if you need someone of a quarterback. And here's the thing I mentioned before. I, like, you're not just taking him just because here's – the, here's the thing with Lamar, which I preached when we were doing our quarterback episode. You can go back and listen to the really in-depth uh, analysis on Lamar Jackson. Again, if you have any questions about any of these players, go back and listen to our last – month of episodes where we broke down every single player in depth where I think again Lamar Jackson fantasy points fantasy points fantasy points fantasy points remember you you, you don't when it comes to dynasty fantasy football you don't want to get overly concerned with how your team looks on paper or what does team could was what this guy could do for his NFL team who is going to score the most fantasy points for your roster so you can go through your league and kick everybody's ass and come out on top and stand there with a trophy you can't Ever for we, we preach this. I think we haven't talked about this in a long time. Too many people want to trade and have all these draft picks, and super, too many people want to have the sexiest team on paper, and too many people want to have oh so much youth. In five years from now, their team's gonna be unstoppable. Man, I've been playing dynasty fantasy football for fifteen years. How many teams that look good on paper have come out four years later and were dominant and won four championships in a row? None that I've seen. None. Because ever. half those guys end up busting out, and then you've got half a team. Yes, that's what we <laughs> preach. That's why you preach. You need a well-rounded roster. You want to have some youth. You want to have some middle-of-the-road guys. You want to have those wide receiver threes, and then you want to have the young guys to groom, and hopefully they pan out so you can keep flipping them and keep building. You want to have a team. When it comes down to the playoffs, doesn't matter how much depth you have, man. It matters how good is that starting lineup and who's scoring. And if Lamar Jackson can be a guy that turns into be a QB1 or QB8 and you're getting him late in the quarterback position, which is pretty goddamn important, this could be the person that puts you over an edge just when it comes to fantasy production. So will Lamar Jackson be the best quarterback out of this class? Probably not. Could he be one of the best fantasy producers out of this class? Absolutely. With his added bonus of running, absolutely. So yep. if you're going to gamble, if you're going to gamble, he is a good gamble. I like him. I'm glad he went in the first round. Wasn't a doubt in my mind that he would go in the first round. Just made it, mind you. <laughs> but I like the spot. I like the player. I think he's worth the risk. I think he's somebody that might be able to help you win a championship, and that's what I'm here to do. Championships, baby. Championships. So that's it for this week. Do you want to run down those quick top tens that we were talking about? Absolutely. I'm going to give you my top 12 PPR Dynasty rookies right today. After the NFL draft, you give me your your top 12. Here's my top 12 in order. Saquon Barkley, running back, New York Giants. Number two, Sony Michelle, running back, New England Patriots. Number three, Rashad Penny, running back, Seattle Seahawks. Number four, for today, for today only, I can leave Darius Geis there. Oh, my God. Um. But again, we're going to talk about tomorrow, man. I wouldn't. I, okay, so number four, Darius Geis. Number five, Royce Freeman. Okay. All right, we're going to talk about him. Talking about good land spot, good everything. Would not surprise me in the least bit if Royce Freeman outscores Darius Geis when it comes to fantasy football. I have Royce Freeman at number five. Number six, I have Nick Chubb. At number seven, I have Calvin Ridley. At number eight, I have DJ Moore. At number nine, I have Karrion Johnson. At number 10, I have Cortland Sutton. At number 11, I have Anthony Miller. And at number 12, I have the guy that I said I would not take in the first round, Christian Kirk. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to start mine here. Uh, we started off very similar, obviously. Um, the top four are exactly the same. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Sony Michelle, Rashad Penny, and Darius Geis. Um, 
after that, uh, we, we all went off the rails pretty good here. Um, so my number five guy is Nick Chubb. Okay. And then and this is when I start cracking into my wide receivers at number six here, Cortland Sutton. Um, number seven, Cal- Calvin Ridley. Number eight, Royce Freeman. Number nine, DJ Moore. Um, ten, Karrion Johnson. He did crack my my uh, my top ten there. Oh, another guy I've been preaching for a long time about being a first rounder. Um, hmm. Yeah, I like. The, I mean, I like the landing spot an awful lot. Um, I like the player an awful lot. Number he's got nine. he's got a lot of upside. Um, DJ Chark um, is my number eleven all overall guy. I, I really do like the landing spot there as well. Um, and then uh, Mike Gusecki actually cracked my my top twelve. I got Mike Gusecki. Sorry, uh, number thirteen because it's a fantastic spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I said that, you know Kirk landing spot did it for me. No problem if I need a tight end taking Gasicki uh, at at in the first round as well. Obviously Dallas Goddard, who I've been preaching forever, had a horrible landing tough spot. landing spot. Yeah, he had, he had to be dropped a little bit in my rankings as well. It, it, yeah, um, I mean you got to take Gasicki over him hands down. Now, yeah, yeah, Gasicki just. Um, I mean he's gonna he's gonna fall right into a starting role here in the next. Very soon. I mean, could be day one. Yeah, and for me, like I said, I mean, having a guy like I mean, I, we liked Anthony Miller's tape a lot. Yeah, and then he goes into a place like Chicago. I like that landing spot with well. you know a nice short intermediate r- receiver there for Mitch Trubisky. That's fantastic. I mean, I feel I feel really good about this draft. Um, obviously, you know, I would feel great getting a top four pick, and after that, I would feel fine having picks between five and about. 16 15 16 you know oh, what i mean okay the, the, all those guys they, trading back for. I, yeah I, i'm i'm cool um if you if you land any of those guys so yeah they, so, they're very similar in my mind um i feel great about all of them though. well then and did i say this a month ago i said this a month ago i think right when we started bringing almost two months ago i was like in this draft if you have a middle the first pick first round pick and this was before Trade back some now right. and then pick up that second round pick because the second round pick is going to hold a lot of value. Right, I, I feel great. I mean, I, there's one draft where I, where I did a lot of trading and I have a lot of picks between one six and about two six. Yeah, I, I think I have like four or five picks there, and that's great, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna get so much value out of those picks. I feel like because because any one of those guys could be you know the sixth overall pick to me. You know what I well, mean? And so for that, you, for a guy that has DJ Shark. Who you've been? You've had him in your first round the entire process. Right. He goes in the second round to Jacksonville, so he's in a good spot. And sometimes, even though you have him ranked there, we were talking about the startup. Like sometimes you have rankings for guys somewhere, but just because you have him ranked there, you have to know your surroundings too. Doesn't mean you have to take him there. So you know for sure if you have pick one nine and you have two six, even though you have Shark there. You don't have to take him there. I don't have you, to take him there. You can, know you're going to get him at 2-6. Right. You know it. The way, like it's, he's been, gonna, the way it's been falling. Yep, he's going to go there. And some guys dropped and some guys get bumps. Like again, you have Antonio Callaway. Goes to the Browns. It's a good spot. Uh, James Washington goes to Pittsburgh. Not as quite of a good spot, but we'll see because you have Juju there. You, know? you, you, so, have, you have Juju there, but, I mean, Antonio Brown's 29. So, I mean – True. How much longer are you going to have Juju – I mean, Juju and Antonio Brown? It's going to be – it might be James Washington and Juju in the next – two or three years ronald jones is a guy we're not really big up but goes to a really good spot great spot man he's um, gonna he's got you know obviously he, he's got a foot in the door right there right to a starting role naheem hines mm-hmm. goes to a fantastic spot with the colts mm-hmm. and you know guys got like you know michael gallup goes to the cowboys fantastic spot they need a receiver out Absolutely. there yep. uh, even traquan smith a guy that we liked at ucf that we said hey this guy's moving up our boards goes to new orleans in the third round i mean it wasn't it wasn't a low pick you know it was a third round pick yeah so some good spots for a couple mm-hmm. people out there excited to get in there we'll be back next week we'll get into round two here um maybe we'll get maybe get in a little bit round three as well but there's a lot of guys to cover here in the second round yeah so, second so, round was a lot man so. hey from this point on, you got rookie drafts. It, we have a lot of time to kill. So let's just break it down, give these quick synopsis. Then we'll break down and we'll rank them out, and then we'll get into some more episodes as well. Behind the scenes, we got a lot of things we're working on. I know after we did that bonus episode last week, a lot of people have written me say, hey, dude, I love the bonus episode. If you do a couple more episodes a week, man, I'd be I'd be extremely ecstatic. Well, it's in the works. It's in the um, works. We're, we're trying to work through some things behind the scenes. So. Yeah, so we've been work, we've been preaching for a while. If you're a nerd herd member already, where you donate, we have a we have a we have a hand. Some people that donate every single month. We usually ask for like a dollar a month. That's what we ask for. If we can help, we can get it. Because we always promised all that money goes into the site. Well, for four years we've been doing that and saving some money. Now we're literally taking all that money and spending every single dollar of it on we're, the site. We are burning through it. Um, yep. We have hired a developer. We're building a couple things here. 
Uh, and if you're a Nerd Herd member, you're going to be very happy with what we have on the horizon. Some things are going to be coming here pretty quickly within the next probably four to six weeks. And then after that, we're going to build. We have a couple plans to build a couple things that are going to take a little bit longer because they're a little bit more expensive. Unfortunately, on this side of the, uh, out of the table, everything that we do costs thousands of dollars. Yes, it does. Uh, nothing's cheap. Even a simple thing that we're doing now for you guys, which you're going to love, which I love, which Matt loves, which I think is going to be a game changer in the Dynasty community, um, is costing us a, yeah, thousands of dollars. Yes, it does. It um, all does. Yeah. But remember, every time we sell a shirt, every time you guys donate, that money never, ever goes in our pockets, ever. We've been doing this four years for free. Uh, the better the di- Our whole goal to do this was to make you guys all better Dynasty players. That's what we try to do. Um, that's why we spend all this time to do it, not only to help us in our leagues, but to help you as well. So we appreciate all of you that supported now and look for some things on the horizons uh, for all those people that supported and then want to become new supporters by joining the Nerd Herd because uh, it's going to cost money to join the Nerd Herd, but it always has. It, it always it, has. It always has. Yep. So... Um, but there's going to be some really cool things. I don't want to say anything yet, but in the next couple of weeks, uh, probably in about four to five weeks, we'll probably drop something on for you. But I promise one thing. One, it's going to help you. And two, you're going to love it. Yep. In the meantime, if you want to keep supporting the website, if you want to do it for free, you can jump on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. helps the podcast more than I can possibly say. Every time you leave us a rating and review, it gives us a little kick. Give us a little the bump there in the rankings. So uh, we always iTunes. appreciate yep. that. Um, if you leave us a ranking and review, really appreciate that. Obviously, you know, the Nerd Herd, you know, we kind of take it down the donation page, but that's going to be coming back up here. It's not going to be the donation page. It's actually going to be able to join the Nerd Herd soon. Uh, that's going to be real soon during a Patreon site, which will also include, I mean, I could, I could say this now, right? Coming soon, we're going to be doing extra show a week, basically. And it's going to be strictly for Nerd Herd members, and that's going to be episodes that we strictly focus on what we can do to make everybody better. Me and Matt are going to sit down and break down some ideas. We'll probably take some users. What, what do people want as user, well? User feedback type of thing user as well. Feedback as yep. well. But we will be doing multiple shows per week. Uh, one for the regular listeners, which will come out. I think you're going to get like a week later now, so you're going to fall behind just a week. Uh, but you'll still get the free shows. And then we're going to do the bonus shows as well. So we're going to do – that's four extra shows a month. Holy shit kebabs. Holy Toledo. Um, if, in the meantime, if you want to support the site as well, you can buy a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Every time we sell two shirts, it pays for the podcast for the month. It's the most comfortable T-shirt you will ever wear ever. in your entire life. Guaranteed to increase your high-five intake, increase your sex life, make you look better in the mirror, and your nipples will thank you. So it's soft. A, it's been a nipple kind of show. So I I, it really has. Every time I put one on, my nipples are like, oh, baby, thanks for supporting me. Uh, is that it? And if you want to talk about rookies in the meantime... You can follow me at Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. <laughs> you can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. And remember, we are almost at 2,000 members of the Dynasty Nerds Facebook group chat. Uh, get on there. Jump on there. Tons of activity going on there. Tons of polls. Tons of questions. Everybody on there seems to love it. I love it. Yeah, no, that's great, man. So just get on there. And that's it, right? I think, plugging? I, think we, I think we plugged away at everything. Yeah. And buy me a Ferrari. Oh. That's hey, it. man. Sign me up if if you're getting one. Get me one, please. Uh, but you gotta pay for the insurance on it too, though. Cause I don't know if I can afford that. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> I think the insurance on a month on that would be out of my limit. <laughs> and I'm poor again. And we're done. See you next week, folks. See you guys. Ready, set, Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson.